welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of the Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, I've got a really exciting topic. It's all about attracting your divinely guided partner. So I've got an expert in this area. Her name is Amelia Neji. Is that how you pronounce your name, Amelia? Yes, that's one of the ways. Don't worry about it. Naj, <laughs> Nagy. They're all, it means the great. It means the great in Hungarian. The great. So I got married and I became Amelia the Great. Excellent. Love it. So <laughs> Amelia is a dating relationship and marriage mentor, specifically for those of us that aim to be strong feminine leaders, if we're not already doing that uh, and have not already managed to manifest or attract our divinely guided, powerful king to match our. <laughs> high value yeah. feminine queendom so um amelia what is it that's led you to be doing what you're doing right now just give the audience a little bit of background about you to start with well hi everyone so what led me to here is kind of an accident i didn't uh, like as a young girl i didn't you know play with dolls and think one day i'm gonna teach sacred partnership and sacred union no i wasn't one of those but i also didn't have like a strong calling in any way. And it became apparent later when I did career counseling and all that, that this is, this was my mission and my vision, but that I had to create my own path. So, so what brought me here was the searching for my path, but also the, the happenstance of events in my life, which started with my, of course, family of origin, like all of us do. And, you know, I just, I didn't, it, it, it might sound a little bit um, dramatic, but I really didn't enjoy being a daughter. Like I had a really hard time being a daughter. Okay, let's start there. And I had a really hard time feeling loved. I had a really hard time um, understanding how to have healthy, fulfilling relationships. Uh, my parents didn't obviously either have those skills. And then when I went into the world and started creating my own relationships, they were all just drama, drama. So I always say I'm only a master because I was such a disaster. It was just drama, 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 uh, attracting effeminate men, attracting narcissistic men, attracting unhealthy men, not masculine men. And I just got stubborn because I did not want to repeat what I saw my parents, what, you know, was their marriage, what their marriage was like, um, which was for me, a lot of times I felt like growing up in a war zone. <laughs> um, and so I was like, I'm not doing that. And I knew I wanted to be a mom and I wanted to do it in a healthy, fulfilling marriage. So what was I going to have to do? What, who was I going to have to become to create that? And so it started with um, studying with Alison Armstrong in 2006, and then a ton of more trainings with her and other coaches in this field, like Pat Allen, um, Dr. John Gray, so many of them, so many of them, but those are some of the pillars of, of this kind of movement, right? Of the 
healthy families, healthy marriages and healthy polarity movement. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of like a little bit about me in a nutshell. And what, what led me here was that I had so, so much trouble and I realized, you know, every other woman was having trouble too. So why was that? Why was that? You know, and maybe we'll, we'll tap into some of that, um, on our chat today with you, Lynn. So thank you so much for having me. No, that's the, my more than my pleasure and uh, the pleasure for our audience. And I'm very excited for them to hear what you've got to say on the subject. For me, I feel that um, a lot of the, I suppose, toxic relationships that we're experiencing today stem from the feminist movement, you know, and a lot of the feminists that I've met, I'm not stereotyping them all, you know, are the most masculine women I've ever met. <laughs> you know and and you know that movement was was built on the back of wanting equality and I, I do obviously wholly support equality for women but equality doesn't mean being the same as men does it no it doesn't and what's gotten lost and how the baby got thrown out with the bathwater is that we threw out we threw out priceless we never had to be equal you see because we were priceless Absolutely. See, we never had to fight to be equal because we were priceless. We were absolutely priceless. And that is something that, you know, and I do have to speak about this because we talk about a, a divinely led union, which is, I make no mistake, it's an, a rebellious act. It isn't a counterculture act. Okay. There's definitely powers that be that don't want you in sacred union. You are very powerful. You are synergized in sacred union, um, which I think why I became Amelia the Great, because I, not that I wasn't great before that, but I'll tell you, I'm a thousand times cooler now than I was <laughs> when I was single, you know, because of my husband. And I think he would say the same. I don't know why, because I'm, I'm completely insane sometimes, but he, he says that too, you know? He says, I'm his dream. I, he's my dream. That's for sure. Um, but I can tell for sure that there's a lot of agendas at play to weaponize men and women against each other in adversarial positions so that they don't reach that connection of compliments. And so when I say we don't have to be equal because we, because we were priceless is because we were a priceless compliment. We never yeah. had to be equal because we were a priceless compliment okay and that's what was taken away from us by the feminist movement because we yeah. ended up fighting for equality but we had more than equality before that started now is it great that we get to work now is it great that we can go and create like I have my coaching business because I can you know probably 60 70 years ago I, I couldn't have done what I what I created and many women with me yes that's all beautiful so of course I'm not dogging on that but I did hear recently, and it hit me in the heart that, you know, once you had the women coming into the workforce, now you could tax double the number of people, right? And now you could influence in the consumerist uh, ideologies, the children that were left to public kindergartens, right? So this is not an accident, you all. Okay, this feminist movement is is a weaponization in a lot of ways. And yes, there were good things about it. But as far as I've done my research, it was 
um, created by the Rockefellers. <laughs> and yeah. I'm just going to say it. I'm yeah. just going to say it. I'm not going to like hide about this stuff. You know, for a long time, I've been feeling like this isn't things I should talk about, but it's time. Absolutely. Humanity is waking up. And so we, you know, we're having a much bigger conversation here than how do you meet your guy? Absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I just want to reinforce it's, it's It's not that anyone's against, obviously, women being empowered in terms of wanting to get equal pay and have equal opportunities, which is what obviously the, the feminist movement was sold as. But along the way, you know, it became also a movement for, for women becoming more masculine and mm -hmm. obviously then not attracting the great masculine, healthy males that they want in their relationships because they were the ones wearing the trousers, <laughs> weren't they? Yeah. And, you know, a, a masculine man doesn't want a duel. No. He's not looking for a drinking buddy. He's looking for a feminine partner. That's the words they use. They use feminine partner. They use the word partner. They don't always use the word feminine. That That's just kind of an obvious to them. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. they don't feel like they need to state that, but they do use the word partner. Healthy masculine men do. Absolutely. Yeah. And quite often if they meet a woman that's, you know, strong and independent, you know, it's not that the strength and independence is, is what puts them off. It's if that woman's in masculine energy and then the, they quite often don't realize because we're not parented and educated around this stuff, are we? That um, exactly. they're picking up on that masculine energy. So it feels as another, like there's another male in the room with them. And that's why there can be conflict in those sorts of relationships, can't there? Absolutely, because then the energy is not flowing. And, you know, with sacred union, I always talk about the divine energy flow that is divine. It's 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 been designed by divine design, just like we have creative power and we can create with our mind, with our physical senses, with our act actions that we take. We're creators, right? There's things that are by divine design and there's an energy flow to a sacred union where the masculine, it's it's natural and it feels nourishing and empowering and good to him to generate energy for the woman, for his family, for the world, for the elderly, right? Healthy masculine men, they want to generate and be a contribution. And so for then the woman to receive that from him, appreciate it, acknowledge it and then reciprocate and you know that creates that sacred energy flow it's an infinite flow of sacred energy because she's nourished by the receiving he's nourished by the generating she's nourished by the receiving and reciprocating he's invited in by the reciprocating to generate more and that's sacred and that sacred bond that sacred energy flow when that energy is flowing you can't break that couple apart no i i totally on board with what you're saying and totally aligned with what you do and what you teach. And the, I suppose the other aspect of um, being in masculine energy, and I'm not saying it's wrong to be in masculine energy because we can all embody all the energies, whether that's healthy or unhealthy, regardless of our gender, can't we? Um, but another example would be that um, sometimes a strong women that don't necessarily know they're in masculine energy can attract feminine guys because they're embodying and that masculine energy already and um they wonder why they're not attracted to those men 
And that was my very first boyfriend. And I loved him. He was a tarot card reader. Bless his heart. What a feminine man, wonderful man. Um, but I was, I was so resentful. I knew he wouldn't have my back if, if we had kids. He barely could get a job delivering Chinese food. So I was never safe. I could never be safe. But you see, it was such an oxymoron because I was in my masculine. And I had to be. I had to become masculine to survive the difficulties of emigration and my family of origin, just like many women in, in the world do today, right? And so I was in my masculine warrior. I had my armor on and I attracted this effeminate man. And he he was great until I decided I wanted to be the woman in the relationship. And then it didn't go so well. right and so that was the problem right and I see a lot of women creating this where they don't realize that they're dating and they're in their masculine energy they're in their rah-rah they're in their um they're interviewing they're interviewing they're using their intellect right they're not in their body feeling into the masculine energy which is what I coach them to do they're interviewing on these dates and they're generating and, and exhausting themselves and then they're attracting these men who are not healthy masculine who are narcissists also because those are unhealthy men or they're effeminate men that they don't want to take the lead. They don't want to generate. They're the feminine energy. They want to be the receivers, which which we do have heterosexual men like that. And that's okay. But they're just not the right complement for the fe- these feminine women who, um, you know, they're out, out there dating in their masculine energy. So it's actually the, the healthy masculine men are, are repelled, like you said, right? They're like, well, that's just another dude. They don't want to go out. They don't want to go out with another dude. They want to go out with a woman. Absolutely. So it's no good, you know, pretending to be one of the lads. I can remember at school, you know, I was a bit of a tomboy and um, I was popular with the lads because I was one of the lads, but the, none of them fancied me or as a potential, saw me as a potential girlfriend material. Exactly. <laughs> And uh, quite often we were totally unaware of what energy we were in it. And quite often we default into masculine energy on the back of being hurt or traumatized in our past. Yes. And that's that's fine. You know, it, it has its own place. But sometimes we need to use masculine energy, sometimes in the workplace, sometimes in sporting events, you know, if we're in a competitive environment. Uh, and sometimes, you know, um, to protect ourselves if we're feeling threatened. But we don't need to live there all the time, do we? Right, exactly, exactly. And that's kind of where I think some of the modern polarity movements don't quite get it either, because there is such a movement about, you know, femininity not having been in favor of feminine women, in fact, and then that the man should be dominant and lead and the woman should be submissive and that that was good that that's that then she's in her feminine energy, you know, and, and and where that doesn't align with my teachings is that what what then happens to co-creation if we're just subjugated to a role, right? Like we both have a feminine and a masculine energy in a sacred partnership. Yes, the, the masculine person who has a core masculine energy, he chooses a compliment or she chooses him in most cases. The feminine chooses the compliment, right? And then they are not stuck in their one polarity. They can switch they can play it's just that one is the foundation of the complement and the feminine and the other is the foundation of the complement and the masculine 
know, I'm seeing some of these teachings out there on polarity, kind of like, I don't know, I kind of feel like it, 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 it almost demonizes a woman being in her masculine and it's not the case. Masculine energy is fun. You know, no, I don't think anyone wants to always and forever be either the masculine or the feminine. We get to play. That's the whole point, right? That's why we have both. And I think one of the sad things, you know, I totally agree with what you've just said, but one of the sad things that I think has recently come about on the back of, again, you know, wanting to be politically correct, I suppose, is that we're being educated more to be gender neutral, you know, so neither strongly yes. masculine or, nor strongly feminine, and therefore there isn't any polarization, therefore no really strong passion or attraction, you know, and, and uh, relationships are just flatlining. Exactly, exactly. And, and, you know, I think that's, that was the moment of empowerment for me, when I realized that, no, I'm not a masculine being, you know, I, I have masculine traits, of course, I do. So do all women. Um, And I like to use them when I can, I want to be allowed to use them to create my life. You know, I don't want to just be told that if I'm a feminine being, I have to stay on the feminine side of things at all times. You know, I love what Dr. Pat Allen teaches about this in dating. She teaches that in the beginning, in the first three uh, months of any dating situation, you do kind of want to hang out in one polarity more than the other because you want to create a secure attachment with the compliment. But after you've created that and you know that you've attracted your compliment in terms of polarity, right? Then you can you can flow, you can negotiate. And like, you know, right now my husband is the primary parent. I'm I'm the one that does more work stuff because he we we're in Hungary and he speaks Hungarian and I don't. So he has to be the one that does school and and doctor appointments and and things like that, you know? And so it's like I wouldn't want to be in a relationship where things are so stuck that we can't be creators and co-create together. I 100% agree. And I think, you know, when when you are a good match in terms of the, you know, the, the polarity that you're exuding, you know, the, usually the, the woman that is the exuding the strong feminine, the, the man is the one that's exuding the strong masculine. But you know, like you say, that, that's not always the case. It can be switched then, you know, uh, that's a great recipe, especially on the back of fantastic sexual energy for creating lots of great things into your lives. Yes, absolutely. You know, and it just makes me think about a, a client of mine that gave me an example where, you know, and in, in where she grew up in her culture, you know, the man was expected to provide. So her dad did. And the woman was expected to like, cook and and clean the house and do the things you know and and her mom did that but anytime she would go in the kitchen to cook it it wasn't a feminine thing she didn't enjoy it she would like you know hit the pots and pans and make so much noise and like rush around and huff and puff and and scream for help and she hated it she hated it and so it's like what's the point then if you know the point you not like you should do it because it's a feminine thing to do it's like we need to co-create together and and you know what if what if that what if that masculine man and in that case would have loved to be a cook and create a, a healthy meal for his family i mean we don't know right and that's why these 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 polarity like um 
polarizations <laughs> are, you know, I don't think they're, they're the answer either. You know, I think the answer is under aligning with our own core polarity. I think every being has the core polarity, like nobody's 50, 50. I don't think so. No, no. I, I think, think you, you strongly know what your natural core energy is. Usually it's the same as your sex, but not always the case. Right. You know, especially exactly. like in, in opposite sex relationships, exactly. it's usually the case, exactly. but, but not in same sex, for example. Right. Exactly. And so then, you know, if we, if we distort all of that, then we not only distort the health and the energy flow in our relationships, we also distort our connection to the divine. Because actually feminine beings have a different way of seeking and connecting with the divine than masculine beings because the energy is different. Feminine beings surrender. They surrender, they allow the divine to penetrate. And I know this because for years I banged on heaven's door and it was never, it never worked because I'm not a masculine being. I couldn't penetrate. So my my work has been also to allow women to come into their femininity with not just their the men in their life, but also with their spiritual life, with their money, with their businesses, with what they're creating. Because yes, we can still lead, you know, and we can lead and not dominate. We don't have to be dominant to lead. We don't need to have a, you know, a dominant partner. We can have a, a, a man who leads us a strong masculine energy and he doesn't have to dominate us. And I mean, it's not for everyone, you know, maybe some people do want that traditional polarity and that's good for them. I, I just don't think feminine leaders are in that place. I think they're needing a different narrative because they are creators, they're on a mission and they need support. And that automatically cre creates a masculine feminine um, dichotomy in a way. Right. And, but, but, and so, and so what, and so does that mean they're masculine then? No. Does that mean then, you know, but, but it gets mistaken because they go and date and then they're, they, they feel unmet and it's because they don't know, they don't know about the masculine energy and what that is. Right. And so there's just so much here. There's so much here that's being obscured from us. The same reason why we don't get financial education at school, right? The same reasons why we don't get real health education at school. No one taught us this. No one taught us how to have healthy relationships, we have to go learn it on our own. Why? Why? Why do we? I ask these questions. And you know what? It'd be so much of a better education for all kids, wouldn't it? To to have, like you say, not only education around how to create and maintain healthy relationships, but you know that 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 financial question, as right. you just mentioned as well. You know how to manage money, um, how to manifest <laughs> and attract mm -hmm. the things that you want. Um, how to you know have have that success mindset it's not taught in schools and we don't have yeah. parents usually that are role models for any of that do we yep and so you know that brings us back to the feminist movement and where did that come from and where where's all the other systems coming from and why are they the way they are and you know i i encourage everyone to go down that rabbit hole and really do some research because I don't think you can be free without it. I don't think you can create the relationships of your relationship of your dreams without it. You don't have to be a conspiracy theorist, but you do have to be a little bit of a rebel against the norms. So what would you give us um, some great advice and tips for any woman that's listening right now that recognizes that she might, you know, be aware now that she's defaulting a lot into masculine energy 
uh, whether that's healthy or unhealthy, but obviously not creating or attracting the man that she wants in her life. What what tips would you offer? I mean, I'm I just will just share what I did find that finally worked. <laughs> and then what I coach my clients to do, and that is like Pat Allen wrote in her book, Dr. Pat Allen, who did a lot of work with this. Uh, you know, just when you're dating, date in your feminine. And what does that look like? It's it's different for many women, but I do give one tip when women go dating, as I say, get into your feminine an hour before the date. Like you might be an entrepreneur, you might be, you know, checking things off your list all day, me- doing all your meetings, but please don't show up at, at, on your date in a rush. Like, please don't show up on your date with that energy of like, I'm getting shit done. Cause then you're going to interview. And you're going to repel this person if he's a masculine man. And then, uh, by the way, uh, we should give them a link to my right guy checklist so they can know how to filter for masculine energy when they're dating. But basically, you know, if you're with a masculine man, it's not going to be attractive. It's just not. And if you're with a feminine man, he's going to be really attracted to that. But you're going to be like, wah, wah, wah. Right? <laughs> exactly. So get in, get into your feminine an hour before the date. Take a bath, read a book, cuddle with your cat, write in your journal, dance naked. That's what I used to do. I used to just go d- dance because I, you know, I was a realtor and I loved it at that time. But it's it's a pretty masculine get things done um kind of job it has its feminine parts too but uh, most of us work for a living right so most of us do have masculine jobs because we're we're creating results that's our job our job is to produce a result which is a masculine energy so please get out of that mode before your date and put yourself back into your body and whatever that looks like for you uh, as your feminine, your feminine might be brainy. So read a book or your feminine might be physical. So dance, go walk barefoot in the grass, right? That is my suggestion because honestly, the best thing you can do for yourself when you're dating is to be in your feminine energy. Your feminine energy lives in your body, or rather I should say to access your feminine energy, you need to go into your body. And so when you're in your body and you're on a date, you have so much more information you can sense about this man. You can listen about the, ener- the to the energy that he's exuding. Do you feel safe around him? How does he breathe? I mean, those subtleties, that's why I say to my clients, you know, you, you learn everything you need to know about a man. Like, maximum three dates, maximum, maximum, you know, it doesn't even usually take that long. If you go, if you're, if you're dating in your feminine, if you're showing up in your body and not in your intellect, because if you're showing up in your intellect, you are going to miss a lot of things that you need to have in place to be satisfied and happy in your partnership as a woman. Number one, you need to feel safe. I didn't say think safe. I didn't say you need to think you're safe. You need to feel safe and you'll never feel safe if you date with your intellect. I agree. You know, the, you'll never know if you're safe. It's all about, like you say, feeling and, and being guided by your intuition and not 
going into your head and and, and thinking <laughs> too much, but relying on that gut intuition. Exactly. So, Amelia, you do fascinating work. What 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 is your best contact information for those audience members that would like to connect with you? Um, it's my website, amelianagi.com. Excellent. Really fascinating conversation. So any final words of advice about how women can get into their feminine energy prior to going on a date or if they're already in a relationship but not actually, you know, experiencing that healthy relationship or creating that healthy relationship that they really want and desire? Well, femininity takes relaxation. So anything that gives you relaxation, that gives you peace, that gives a soothing sense and a grounding sense to your nervous system, any of those things will be good for your feminine energy. So that might be going into a hot tub, that might be getting a mani-pedi, that might be listening to music and just closing your eyes for 15 minutes. Um, but anything like that. And then as far as final parting words, I do want to say that we we are the answered prayers of our ancestors. And I really feel feel so strongly about this because they our mothers are our, our, our grandmothers, right? Like the women that came before us, they could not do this work, right? There it was it was patriarchy rule for many, many, many years. And, and of course, I don't believe history is exactly like what I learned in school. It's a little bit different than what it is, but either way, we had a lot of that. And so I think now is really the first chance in a long, long, long time that divine union is really possible. Like I, I feel the codes are coming in atmospherically now as we move out of the age of Pisces, we're moving into the golden age. And that will be created not by men, not by the women of North America, like the Dalai Lama said, which is again, fueling that whole rah, 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 women, women, women. No, it is going to be created by men and women and divine union and sacred partnership and union. So that those are my parting words as if you have whatever draws you to this work, just know that it is so worth it. It is so worth it because it is time. Absolutely. And we're going to change the world by attracting, you know, our, like you say, our complementary, powerful, divine counterparts, aren't we? And uh, changing the world by being that, that powerful, divine couple. Exactly. So That's thank right. you very much, Amelia. That's been a fascinating conversation. I've really enjoyed it. And uh, I've really, really been inspired by what you've had to say. My pleasure, Lynn. Thank you so much for having me. And it's been such a joy to share this with you and the audience. And I look forward to joining you again sometime. Be my pleasure. So on that note, it just leaves me to say that true love starts with opening our hearts. And until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at 
arts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.